Today is February, uh, February, May 4th, 2017, and we're doing uh, the second class on the chapter, Can Anything Hurt Us? In Joko's book, Nothing Special. So, to start with, I think it's good for us to reflect, since you've all read this chapter at least twice, and had an extra week to reflect on the contents, to reflect on what does it mean hurts you? What's the you that gets hurt? Another aspect of what Joko, in a way, is encouraging us to ask, what does it mean hurts you? So that's there's two different aspects. One is what is you that is being hurt, and what is hurting you. So that's one aspect that I think we can clarify. Um, another aspect is to ask um, on page. Uh, let's see what page numbers on page 79 at the beginning of the third paragraph she Joko says the difficult slow change of practice grounds our life and makes it genuinely more peaceful so what does it mean being grounded I know what the word means but what does it mean in the context of practice? And in a way, Joko extends this in the next, at the end of the next paragraph. She says, we try to remedy a false problem with a false solution. And of course, that creates mayhem. What does she mean, false problem, false solution? What she's describing is what we, as people, ordinarily do, and what creates ongoing suffering, ongoing harming, and she says it, war, damage to the environment, all come out of this ignorance of trying to remedy a false problem with a false solution. Of course, as soon as the problem is false, the solution is going to be false because it's attacking the wrong problem. But even more so, there's something even more fundamental uh, when she says false problem and false solution. So I wanted to bring those two um, further questions and encouragements to whatever else we're going to discuss in, in this continuation, and also to whatever else you've discovered in reflecting further on this chapter. So I'll stop now and see what we could do together with this. And uh, some of you might be uh, chomping at the bit, as they say, already, and whoever wishes can start, and we'll go from there. points that you make, um, and I, I don't know that what I had in mind is 
And I'd like to explore those points too, but I would like to just express that when I reread this more carefully this time and looked at it, I was struck by the emphasis on separateness. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, and I think when you talk about we try to remedy a false problem with the false solution, she's dealing with that. That yes. we think we're separate, right? That's the false. So anything that we do with that in mind is going to not be, um, uh, you know, an accurate. Um, Solution. Yes. There is, you know. So that's a, a good point, to, and, and to take it a step further, what does it mean to be, quote, separate, close quote, and what does it mean to be, quote, not separate, close quote? For instance, I'm here in California, you're there in the Midwest, are we separate, are we not separate? What does that mean? actually separate, I mean really separate, that whatever you did or thought or said would have no effect over here. <laughs> Where is over here? Over here in Champaign or Springfield or wherever you happen to be. No, 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 no. Is it really a matter of such abstractions called Champagne? <laughs> the, it, 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 when you say I'm separate, you're not talking about Champagne. What are you talking about when you say I'm separate or I'm not separate. There's no connection, you know, between or even in, in, you know, in, in any kind of uh, agreement. Connection between what? Between people. Uh, well, no, no, that's abstract and theoretical. Be more specific. Well, you said you were over there in California and we're over here. No, leave, leave we out and talk about you. Well, didn't you say something about your, your being over there in California? Right. I said, I'm here in California. So why don't you turn it and say about you being separate or not separate? You meaning shoujo. Mm -hmm. What does it mean separate? What does it mean not separate? What do you... How do you hear what Faye said, who happens to be right next to you there in Champaign, I think, I assume. I yeah. shouldn't assume, but... When she talks about, I mean, not Faye, but anyone, uh, Joko was talking about separateness over here in the first page of that. Yes. She, it's, it seemed a little theoretical, you know, when she talks about it. I guess that's what happens when you talk about stuff like that. It, but the... But the uh, the actuality is, is 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 that we're you know so in interdependent that it's really hard to really you know to, to look. It's difficult to separate, but yet we do that anyway because we're so you know it just that's what it appears to be. There's appear you know there's the appearance, and the uh, the non-separate part is that just just in you know talking with you. Yes. There's there's that talking part. And, and the stuff that goes on in my own mind about what you're saying, what I'm saying, what's going on here with the temperature, you know, all, all the different things that are affecting me that I'm not even aware of, you know, except one by one would be, but I think, but it's just, uh, um. So when I speak shoujo and you hear, is that mm -hmm. separate or not separate? That's not separate. 
Do you believe that? It's just an ongoing back and forth of, uh, <clears throat> of at, a, at a level of, of, of uh, non-separation that, that seems like the same thing as a, uh, a desk, you know, resting on a floor. So what is separate? Mm. Well, separate is something that we create. No, 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 that's theoretical. Give me an example. Where is there something separate in your life that you believe is separate? Uh, okay, I'm separate from the uh, mulberry tree that I, that I cut down. <laughs> Where is the mulberry tree right now? It's out there in, in, in pieces. Uh, it's a little <laughs> so who, who just brought up the mulberry tree? I'm sorry, what? Who just brought up the mulberry tree? Uh, I did. Good. Why do you say it's separate? Because that's what it appears to be separate. I mean, it's, I'm not connected to it. I mean, I'm not like I'm not touching it or anything. I may be thinking about it, but I'm not in, in physical contact with it, except maybe through the air or something like that. You know. So, so that's good. It's good for us to notice that we have ideas about. Separate has to do with physical contact or whatever other rules you have uh, about what is and isn't separate. And that when you think about something, that doesn't in any way uh, make you connected. It, it, uh, it has nothing to do with being separate or not separate. Yeah, so, when I think when I you know before when I was before the tree was cut down, I was thinking about how to cut that cut it down. So there was some connection there, but that just in my mind, uh-huh. and I, I don't I don't see that you know I can see that there's separation there. <clears throat> but there's that you know that other sep- non-separate stuff. You know, I just I can't explain it or anything like that. It just it just feels like since we're all in this together, it's not like we're really apart. Then how could something separate harm you? Yeah, I don't know. If, if, if I decide that it's harmed me, then, then it harms me. Ah, okay, that's interesting. If you decide it harms you, then it harms you. So even if someone in uh, Springfield, let's say, excuse me for picking you guys in Springfield, were to say on this connection, oh, I think Shoujo does such, 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 and such, and you you felt harmed by it, that would be someone separate who could harm you, yes? Yeah, yeah. Even like today, with the, I heard on the news where the Republicans passed the bill in the House about, you know, med- the medical stuff, that I felt, even though I'm not connected with that at all, because I'm on, you know, Medicare and, and all this other stuff, and, that it still affected me in, in a way that I, you know, I was, I could feel myself being hurt in a way. How could you be hurt by something that? I don't know. I just uh, sort of like disappointed that you know they could do something like that too. Wait, wait, wait. So, so you you had disappointment, and and how do you get harmed by disappointment? Well, I guess I had more faith. I thought I had. No, 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 no. I want you to stay on topic. Oh. How do you get harmed by disappointment? Well, because I decide for myself that. That it's not good what they did, and, it's, and for some reason I've got some investment in it, in some in, in some evaluation of, of what was going on, and that's what I decided that you know that 
Good. It's helpful for me just, just to listen to what they're doing. I've often said, and I'll say it again, that you only get disappointed if you have an appointment that you're holding on to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I, I didn't think it was going to pass. I mean, I, you know. <laughs> no. I thought they were smarter than that or something. No, I mean, no, no, no. I, you're not hearing what I'm saying. We're yeah. talking about the fundamental suffering that the Buddha yeah. is talking about in the specific ways that suffering is created and for us. Right, I, yeah. That's what Joko was talking about. Can anything hurt us? That's well, you're saying is, can anything, how can something separate from us hurt us, or how can something not separate from us hurt us? No. The, the, how can anything hurt us? Is there something that, but Faye brought this up. So let's, Joko specifically talks about being separate or not being separate. You don't have to. And I'm sorry, but I, I feel like these questions just just encourage us to go back into our heads. I mean, you're talking about theoretical, and and, and in my opinion, the kind these kinds of questions push us back that in that direction. It's a, it's a more experiential kind of thing that that is very hard to describe. No question about it. That, that we're trying to, to grapple with here. So, so wh- how did Shoujo get hurt by hearing something on the radio? He kind of hurt the same way I got hurt by, by uh, seeing the same thing. And, you know, uh, no, no, no. No, no, let me finish. Let me finish. So the thing is that, yeah, in, in a larger, you know, one world scheme of things, this this can't hurt us because we don't have to let it hurt us. I mean, I I can see exactly what to do in this situation, and that is the next right thing. I'm going to go, you know, to keep making calls. I'm going to keep protesting. I'm going to keep doing my thing, and I'm fine. I'm good with that. Uh, and you can say it's uh, creating more uh, harm by doing Facebook, and to me, that's I think it's a positive thing. You know, positive, negative, negative. But you know, it's. I tell you what speaks to me more, and I think, it, again, in my opinion, is more helpful. Is like on page eighty about the thing about the table. You know, we can just try to, um, you know, like, well, okay, I'll, and I'll use myself as an example here because because I can fight with the table. I can. Uh, she says it's, it's uh, we tables usually don't arouse emotions, so I we could say that I'm. Um, somebody who chooses or whatever you want to say to uh, get upset even by the table leg not being where I wanted it to be when I you know had my toe there um, but you know the other side of that or the more one world side of it or the more zenish way of looking at it or whatever or the way that we aspire to if you want to call it that although I don't think we are supposed to use those words either is that you know we realize that like the other thing that you've really boiled it down to is cause and effect. There are things that happen and then there are the next things that happen and there are the next things that happen and they just happen. And so you do the next right thing to deal with them. I mean, it's, it's really the same thing you and she and all of us are trying to say over and over and over in these different ways because it's so hard to, to comprehend without experiencing it, which is the sitting. So it's really hard to talk about altogether. It, the, 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 the point is that when we believe we're being harmed, 
that's a, a time to, in a way, turn and look, either look who's being harmed or being look at who's harming us or look at how are we separate. I mean, see, that's the point that Faye was bringing up and that's the point that Joko's bringing up is that we, in a sense, keep telling ourselves how separate we are. And every time we tell ourselves we're separate, therefore we're guaranteeing that we're going to suffer. That's the point of every time we tell ourselves that we have an appointment about how the universe should be, whether the universe is the table or people, but usually we don't have too many appointments about tables, whenever we hold on to that, whenever we live out of that, as opposed to living out of being grounded, grounded meaning grounded in the present moment universe that we are, or call it the non-separate universe, but that's just a generalized word, so it doesn't mean anything unless we see how we're using it. As Unless we're grounded, we create suffering for ourselves, or we create harming for ourselves. And the point is to take the times when we're harmed, or when we feel harmed, and look in a practice way, experience or notice in a practice way what's being harmed. Or ask yourself, can I be harmed by this? Or look, what appointment do I have? If we have appointments about how it's supposed to be, we're going to have disappointments. If we have expectations, we're going to suffer. Guaranteed. It's just cause and effect. That's the point that Joko talks about being grounded in practice of not um, reinforcing and restating the separation in all the ways that we say it to ourselves. Yeah, on page, so this, uh, this is a theme throughout the chapter. Yes. Notion, right, and um, on page 82, um, it's, uh, the, where, where it's uh, the second time where she says, Joko, that, that paragraph, the second yes. part of that, it says, the underlying attitude or knowledge that we're not separate creates a fundamental shift in our emotional life. Yes. Now, even if we don't know, like, I have, uh, I have also a similar, I, I, I don't, I have a, I would have a difficult time ex- kind of answering the questions you were asking me, Shoujo. But, uh-huh. but I could say that the one thing that we could see is that everyone, some, sometimes, there is a sense that when, you know, something will come up like and instead of just responding or writing the email or whatever, you know, there's sort of like a pause. Um, and sometimes there's a... I, I, I wonder if that's what she, she's meaning here about the emotional, the fundamental shift in our emotional life. Yes. And, and in... She, she specifically elaborates further on that in that very paragraph, right where you stopped. The knowledge, meaning that shift in our emotional life, means that whatever happens, we're not especially disturbed by it. In other words, we don't have a, a special appointments that give rise to disappointments with 
depending on what, having the knowledge doesn't mean we don't take care of problems as they arise. You want to write, do all the things that Joyce listed? Great, do them. However, we no longer inwardly say, oh, this is awful. Nobody else has these troubles. Or we say everyone else has these troubles that I have. It is as if our understanding, or I'll say clarification, or I'll say it better, our groundedness cancels out such reactions. And and when we move away from that groundedness into our appointments, then the reactions are going to continue to jump up or arise. That's that's so. That's exactly the place where where, where you're talking about on page eighty-two. See, this is the point why, if I use the word grounded, grounded is another word for talking about zazen or zazening in our life. Grounded means we're right on the ground where we are, or right in this life moment where I am right right now, in the way that. The universe, both so-called inside and so-called outside, appears. means the universe in the condition of my body and the condition of everyone else's body and the things people do and the things people don't do, whether they're here in California, here in Illinois, here in Washington, D.C. It's all one groundedness moment. And there are beings who do all sorts of things and we get to respond or react. See, so that's very good that you brought that point up. See, and she goes on to clarify it. So feeling, the, the student, whoever it is, so feeling hurt is just our thoughts about the situation. In other words, our disappointments about the situations. Yes, says Joko. We no longer identify with such thoughts. It doesn't mean they don't come up. It doesn't, and when she says thoughts, we mean emotions, we mean reactions, we mean even disappointments. It's just we simple hand, we simply handle the situation and don't get caught up by, caught emotionally by them. Or we do, and then at some point we see the suffering or upset or what disappointment that we're wallowing in and we are able to then see, oh, I've poured I've poured this um, uh, oil on me and I've lit the fire. I better put the fire out and get rid of this oil because otherwise it's going to burn more and more. See? That's... So, if we're hurt, that's a reminder. That's a time to look at whether to look at who's being hurt or look at what appointment did I have about this? Or how am I separate from the situation? See, that's this is why you, you're right, Joyce. In the sense, you don't need to know. Knowing this conceptually is is only a little piece. It's only an encouragement to do the work, moment moment. Whether when we're in zazen or when we turn on the radio or when we with someone who says something or when we're driving down the road and getting upset about all the other crazy drivers who don't know how to follow the rules the way I do or the car that isn't operating in the way that I should 
have it operating? See, that's the point. <coughs> I didn't mean to shut everyone up. Well, it, it, this kind of reminds me of the the the, the uh, exercise you suggested we do periodically about when you watch a sports game or something to uh-huh. cheer for the other side and then go back and forth. So like, and you can see yourself. At least I can see myself. You know, being upset when when the team down particularly poor in that particular, you know, that when that's it's that situation scores, and the, you know, or, or the other team, you know, whatever happens, <laughs> and it just seems like it goes that way. Yeah, and you know that. So that you know what I mean? Yes. That's what it, it's just like we we just because of decisions we make either unconsciously or consciously that uh, uh, we set ourselves up for. Uh, for suffering, and sometimes we feel like we have no choice that we can't do. You know, it, it's you know. But then, what she said also that uh, you know, we we are we are not especially disturbed by it. We can be a little bit disturbed by it, but just noticing how we are disturbed by it, then we seem to have a little bit more. Uh, uh, Capacity or, or space to, to do the right thing if, if, it, if that happens to be one of the choices we can make. Yes. One aspect of Zazen, which I'm sure you all are experienced with, is what she says we no longer identify with thoughts, or at least no longer identify with our thoughts so strongly and so much. Because part of what happens is as in Zazen is we discover how thoughts arise. And when, we, when I say thoughts, emotions, feelings, all the different variations, thought, thoughts arise and thoughts pass. And sometimes we get entangled with them, but we also develop the capacity no longer to identify with them as ourself. In other words, our thoughts might get hurt, but do we get hurt? Our appointments might get hurt, but do we get hurt? That's what I asked. What is the you that's getting hurt, that's being hurt? That's, in a way, that's a fundamental question that every time we're hurt, we can turn and look, what is being hurt? Not thinking about it, but just experientially Who or what is being hurt? Speak up a little louder, I don't hear. This is Ekyo? Yes. Well, my, my understanding of the separation is when you uh, get yourself in in the self cage where you put some idea or some judgment about it and when we are uh, when we are one with everything it's when we are free of that separation you, you could you could st- but sometimes we get caught in 
in whatever emotion or idea or thought we are in. But mm-hmm. as long as we just uh, practice, we can uh, realize that uh, more and more. Yes. In a way, we are always one. Or better, better yet to say, we are always not two. We don't have to create it. It's just when we believe otherwise, then despite being not two, we believe we are two. Or we, we believe we are hurt or separate or whatever way we say it. And so that's when that belief arises, when that caughtness or clinging arises, when that thirsting arises, then there's practice effort needed. But we don't have to create being one, because from the beginning we're not two. What what came up for me in this chapter, um, and I'll refer to the second paragraph on page 78, when I got to that point. She says, let's return to our question. Uh, and then she uses examples. I lost my job. Uh, friends leave me. My house is destroyed. Those kinds of things. Um, and those are kind of stories about things. Mm-hmm. About friends, about houses. You know, when she, or she's seriously ill. And what came up for me when I read that was, uh, two, two years ago, July, my younger brother, you know, one day, yes. he was healthy and happy and re- just retired and looking forward to a new life in retirement from the state. Um, and the next day, he fell ill, was misdiagnosed, and the day after that, he was dead. Um, and I stood by his bedside and watched him breathe his last breath all of his friends and the family that who were able to come on such short notice all stood around his bed. It was a very difficult death for Ted. Mm-hmm. Um, and that hurt. Mm-hmm. It still hurts. And, you know, if I can be a little theoretical, excuse me, but if, if we were truly separate, I wouldn't have felt that hurt. I wouldn't have felt that loss, and I still feel it somewhat today. And yet, I think maybe thanks to my practice and your teaching and Joko's teaching, that hurt didn't hurt me. Um, I was, unlike perhaps other uh, other people in my family, I accepted that pain and I, and I in a way, embraced it and mm-hmm. cried bitter tears at his bedside, one of the few people who actually did that night. And Missed him terribly. My younger brother, we played guitar together in a band for 15 years. We were very close, best of friends. And I embraced that loss, and I embraced that hole in my life that will always be there. And in doing that, I was not hurt. I could still feel, I could still, I could still take care of my mother, I could still take care of my family, because I didn't let the hurt hurt me. Because it, Ted and I, we're one 
one thing. I mean, I, I, re- I felt that so much in that moment. You know, you can, you can try and pretend, oh, he's not really gone, or there's no self. You know, all those stories we can tell ourselves, he's in a better place. At that moment in time, that's all bullshit. Um, what happens is your brother has just breathed his last breath. And I think, you know, we can talk about difficulties with politicians and difficulties with people, but being willing to, to be the pain saves you from the pain, if that makes any sense. So... You did let yourself be hurt, and letting yourself be hurt, as you just said. It was important to feel that hurt. Yeah, yeah. When we grieve, we grieve. Being human means beings are going to die, we'll get sick, and so forth. And that's just the grieving life of Bodhisattva. That's just the life that we are. It's what we do with it or what we add to it. That's why some of these words, hurt and pain, can easily get mixed up because we use them in different ways and we're not always clear on how we're using them. That's why even using words like separate, not separate, can become um, red herrings um, or false flags in the sense that they... um, if we don't clarify it, we can sometimes get blinded by the words as opposed to being the practice moment or being the grounded zazenning. Yeah, well, it's like in zazenning, I mean, um, you know, in, in order to let go of that loss, I had to first truly embrace it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't let go of it until I truly embraced it and felt it for what it was. And in, in much more simplistic ways, and that's what our Zazen is about, is embracing our life exactly as it is. And, it, and until we're able to do that, we can't really let it go. We're always wrestling with it. Hello? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm done. Okay. See what others have to say. So, maybe we could go to where she talks about false problems and false solutions creating mayhem. Could you say what page that's on? On page 79, and the um, next, the, the end of the page, the, the end of the chapter that's uh, the next to the last chapter on that page. In a, in a way, what we're used to, uh, how we're used to acting in the world is what she's calling our false solutions. In other words, we, we have a uh, set of habits of how we 
react to feelings of hurt or problems or things that shouldn't be the way it is. We have a repertoire. Each of us has our own repertoire, just like we each have our own repertoire of, um, what should I say, sensitivities to what hurts us and what doesn't. So for one person, as Shojo was bringing up, what could hurt you is your sports team losing. And for another person, that's irrelevant. But what's relevant is whether you do or don't have uh, a stylish house, car, clothes, or whether your family members are or are not as good as someone else's family members, or add on all sorts of other false problems, and our false solutions, false in the sense that they're um, based on fundamental fundamentally being out of touch with who we are, instead living in what you might call is a dream. So, in a sense, I just restated what she says in slightly different words. In in a way, there's no need to even say all of this. Her whole chapter is, is um, an elaboration on what the Nirvana Sutra says that the Buddha, upon um, awakening, upon enlightenment, says, how wonderful, how wonderful, all beings are the wisdom and perfection of the Tathagata. But because of their delusion and attachment, they create suffering and harming. Another version of that is is in, in another sutra, in a number of different places. In a sense, that's what this whole chapter is. Because of false problems and attachment about what we have, in other words, our opinions, um, we, we create problems and we end up getting hurt. So I would like to hear more about what you've discovered this week in relation to this chapter or reflecting on this chapter. I forget what book it is, and maybe it's this one or the other one. That doesn't she talk, or maybe maybe it's not. Maybe, I don't know exactly where I, I read this, but it's, it's not my invention. About intelligent suffering versus. I guess, uh, unintelligent, uh, you know. Yes. So that's what she's talking about here, even though it can feel hurt, you know, that we're, we're, we're more intelligent to realize just how it is that we're causing our, our, our pain to our, ourselves. Whereas, uh, people not grounded in, 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 uh, in our, in, in this kind of, uh, zazen and, you know, that kind of stuff, that, uh, more likely to uh, be really tossed and turned by their suffering and, 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 and ignorance and just, you know, it's really horrendous. But anyway, it's just a... Well, I would take it even a step further. When when you use the word intelligent suffering is that you use the arising of the suffering as a, a, a support 
for practicing with it to clarify what is experiencing here rather than just being caught up in the thought, feelings, attachment that we call suffering, that we call being hurt, but rather taking that as a support. That's what she means when she says intelligent suffering. It doesn't have anything to do with thinking about it, but knowing how to take it as a practice support and encouragement, as a help, because that's all we have, is our life, in all the various forms, including suffering, including being hurt, including whatever else, including attachments. Those arising are just the arising cause and effect life that we are this moment, and it's only this moment that we can practice. So, if we can take those, then those themselves are just um, ripples on the water of our life, but it doesn't hinder the moon being seen and experienced in that water. This is uh, Cindy, and I guess the way that I've practiced with this this week is um, has to do with a situation at work where um, for some time now I've been holding a grudge against someone, and I, I've been seeing that it was uh, interfering with things, but I after we talked about this chapter last week, I just kept um, really paying attention this week whenever a thought came up about that person. And um, a lot of thoughts were, you know, my life is difficult right now because of so-and-so and really paying attention to that. And, um, I wouldn't say that that um, holding on to that is gone, but it's certainly changed um, in the way I felt about some aspects of my job this week. And um, I had a meeting with that person today that was very, you know, it, it was just it was just direct about what we needed to talk about for this particular situation without me going off in my mind about yeah but what about this thing that happened before um, it, so it was very it was very I found it very helpful good good And it's useful to be able to see that we're capable of that. In other words, we're capable of working with the circumstances that arise. Even working with the beginning of the hurt to see what is appropriate and skillful here. Not to try to get rid of this, but not to at the same time become entangled and overrun by it then we can allow it to arise and we could also uh, uh, 
be the experiencing which allows it to pass when it passes. There, there is something. I, I, what you're saying is 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 right about that, but there is something that has to happen. Or maybe I, I don't know. I might be wrong about this, but I've been carrying this around for months now, mm-hmm. and sometimes you just can't see it because you're holding on so much to this idea that that. <coughs> I'm wrong about this, and that what this other person did, or the way they did it, was the wrong thing, and that you know, I'm somehow been—I don't know. Hurt's not exactly the word in this situation, but somehow I've been—I uh, don't know—burdened by this thing because of something else. And but I don't know. Sometimes you just can't see it. Yes. And when you can't see it. It's impossible because you. I mean, it's just very easy to just stay stuck in the the thoughts, or just it's sometimes it feels like it's more than thoughts. It just feels like this uh, big assumption that you're making about how things are, and um, so I don't know. I think sometimes, you used a very good word there. You said carrying it around because it's like almost like we keep repeating it to ourselves yes, in different over ways. Yes, over and over again, over and over and over, and, and to other anybody, you know, and <laughs> share that with other people that uh, you know it's like an intervention <laughs> is needed in the way. Yes. And that's um, what zazen is the opportunity for. <laughs> well, sometimes it's like that. It's it's more of you know like, this is what happened and this is why it's wrong and still I mean sometimes even then. Like. Yes, it it's true. We and that is the uh, keeping on bringing it up is the the courtness because it's only when. Each bringing it up, I mean, we could say, oh, there's this thing I've been carrying around for months, but really, it's this moment I carry it, this moment I carry it, because in the whatever particular way, whether physically, emotionally, in thoughts, in, in just subtle feelings, in, in all sorts of ways, it's this moment of it. Of course, this moment has the cause and effect of so-called past and so-called future, but it's this moment when it is there. There isn't anything you're carrying around, not even your own self and body, except this moment, and this moment is where it's there, and and when it feels like you've been carrying it around, it's how this moment you're carrying it around is the opportunity to do whatever you can with it, right now and it might, it's different what you can do in formal sitting than you can do in the rest of the day it's different what you could do when you're talking about it to others and or when you even notice you're talking about it to yourself which of course creates more energy to become be more so-called entangled in it and it's also the opportunity at some point when we could notice and be skillful in our practice with it. It doesn't mean it's going to cease 
reappearing, but it, every time we can work with it, if I use that word, means that that's the support to enable us to work with it when it arises. So, And in a way, Joko's not going to let us go with this, because the next chapter continues this in a slightly different facet when she talks, it's called the subject-object problem. And that that chapter, in a way, continues this separation, because subject-object um, uh, uh, presupposes, uh, that's not the best word, subject-object is a form of separation that we take for granted as the way the universe is and the way our life is. And of course, our language requires it almost. If you don't have subject-object, people will say you're not speaking in sentences and what's the matter and you didn't say something. Or if you say it to yourself, you'll believe you, you haven't, you've left something out. So, unless someone wants to bring up a last point, we could end now, but we're not ending, we're just continuing it next week with the subject-object problem. So, okay, or does anyone else have something they want to bring up? Uh, yes, this is AQ again. Yes. And, uh, I just want um, to tell you that uh, Deshin Sanderson from Mexico sent you many regards, and that's what I want to tell oh, you. Oh, thank you very much, and please, if you see him again, send him my regards. And I might see him in in June if he's in L, at L.A. <coughs> excuse me, in our um, cel- celebration. <coughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. Good night. And. Good night. Thank you.